beast is making me What's time but a thing they kill or keep a fire or lose a living I gotta go faster, keep up the pace Just to stay in the human race I could go supersonic, the problem's chronic Tell me, does life exist beyond it? When I need to sate, I just accelerate Into oblivion Into oblivion Buenos nachos amigos and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers I am Petey Rave, your man with no plans Here with me is my regular quorum, my team of record reviewers We got none other than Brett We've got Drew. Hey. And we've got Patrick. Hello. Uh, Of course, we're here to talk about music and talk, gather together to add a bunch of merch around the the words around Uh the virtual lunch table uh, to share music with each other. And the person providing the music this week is none other than Brett. Brett, what do you got for us this week? You know, we're, we're going hardcore today. Hardcore on contemporary jazz albums. Um, this is Bela Fleck <laughs> and the Fleck Tones' uh, first album, uh, released in 1990. Mm-hmm. So self-titled Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. Uh, let's go back around the horn and talk about uh, expectations. Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, I feel this is unfair because I knew exactly what I was expecting because I am a bassist. And therefore, by being a bassist, I have to know that it is. (laughs) That's basic. I feel as a bassist, you sort of feel the need to go back and look through the works that have involved one Victor Wooten. So therefore, I sort of knew what I was getting into with Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. I knew I was going to get some plucky banjo. I knew I was going to get some inventive rhythm section. Um, I knew I was going to get some harmonica and some synth. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew what I, I I knew what I was getting into on the jazz front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what expectations did you have coming into this album? I'm pretty sure at some point I watched on PBS a Bella Fleck and the Flecktones set, either from Austin City Limits or something along those lines. Um, I am familiar with with this group because there are not one but two Wootens. Yes. In the in the band, because there is a family of, of people whose last Wooten. name is Wooten, who are all ridiculous fucking musicians. As as Drew mentioned, Victor is one of the the great bass players of our time, and his brother, uh, who I'm just going to call Future Man, because that's who he is, uh, is a percussionist and drummer who basically said, "Fuck a drum kit, I'm making something that looks like a guitar and playing that." And uh, you get Bella Fleck, who is a hell of a banjo player. Mm-hmm. And and that was what I knew going in. I've never listened to a Bella Fleck record, but I know who they are. We, we're going double complete Wooten. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett, how would you describe the themes and elements of this album? Well, I mean, you guys know the music I dig. I, I like I like music that's dense, um, uh, stuff that uh, is, is dense without using too much of the magic that the studio gives you, uh, stuff that could actually be played live. Um, of all the bands that I've brought here, you know, None of them have impressed me uh, in a live setting with the pure mountain of sound that they hit you with. Um, but the polish that this album has is something that is noteworthy. I mean, you put four guys that are this good 
together and they're not stepping on each other all the time that like everybody plays with everybody else i mean you you the piano follows the bass on some stuff the banjo follows the drums like this the stuff that they do to harmonize together is just ridiculous um you know this is the the bass that's on this album is enough to bring anybody who's non-banjo initiated on board um you know the piano with the harmonica played either together or by themselves is you know that that's the voice that's the that's the vocals of this album um and you know i i do enjoy a, an album where you don't have to deal with somebody's mouth open um saying stuff uh let the you know you can you can put it on in the background and have it be something that you can listen to it you know casually but every now and then it hits you in the face and that's something that i really like in an, in an album and there's also a an instrument made out of uh, the drumatar itself is ridiculous the fact that it's made out of an instrument that is worth its weight in gold uh, to begin with is is another thing uh just the the layers that you could peel off of this album and the, the the way that it came together and why a guy from new york city plays a banjo uh with some guys some some brothers from nashville why this happens i don't know i enjoy it yeah uh drew what themes that almost caught your attention about this album well, the thing you normally get when you hear a band name that's a guy's name plus the band is you tend to get the person that's the name being sort of really pushed to the front. It's their band. They're the leader. They're going to take the most time. You don't get that here. Um, these guys know kind of like Josie and the Pussycats. You get mostly Josie. Right. We'll, we'll go with Josie and the Pussycats. I was, it's better than my example of Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. So we'll go with Josie and the Pussycats. Um, they're, <laughs> they were a better band um, than <laughs> Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's really a full band effort. You have musicians who are just insane musicians. Um, and no one is more important than the other. Uh, the Wounds. They're masters in their own right. Victor Wooten is just one of the greatest bass players, in my opinion, to ever walk the planet. Um, it's like him and Jocko to me are like right neck and neck. And anybody who knows who Jocko is knows that that's high praise from a guy like me. Um, Future Man, as we will call him. He invents an instrument and then plays it like it's been around for years and he's grown up on it. That to me is noteworthy in and of itself. Um, the who's the um, I have his name here, um, Levi, uh, with the mix of the piano and harmonica. He he shows his range as a musician, um, on this album, and that's before you even talk about the fact that Bella Fleck is an insane banjo player. Like, let's get on to that for a second. It's it's something that's astounding like his banjo playing is you get you get the bluegrass of course it's banjo you're gonna get that but there's so much more um it's an album to me it's an album that's fun to listen to if you're a jazz head if you're a fan of bluegrass or if you fall into the middle of it um like i do and it's just top notch on all fronts so mm -hmm. uh patrick what expectations did you have? I mean, uh, what what were the themes on this that caught your attention about this album? So 
it's picture picture 1990 if you're old enough to remember 1990 and i'm barely old enough to remember 1990 um you have a world coming out of out of like the last jazz song that anyone outside of the jazz community knew was probably rocket by herbie hancock which is cool in its own right and you tell tell say a jazz head hey here's this album with a banjo player and a harmonica and they're probably going to tell you to go the fuck away and and then that you no no seriously listen to it and you realize that this is really really solid kind of modern but still like it feels like jazz standards even though they're all original they have that that vibe, that sort of flow, the melody that you expect in jazz, just played on instruments you didn't expect. Um, you get Vic Wooten, who is, as Drew said, you know, bass god, top top of that list of, you know, if you're going to call the greatest bass player alive, he's going to be real close to the top, if not the. Um, Future Man, who is a, tradi- you know, a terrific percussionist and, you know, when you invent your own instrument, it, it kind of, in some ways, feels like you're cheating. But he manages to use it to play, to play what is often fairly traditional jazz drum sort of sounds. And then this Howard Levi guy, who I am not familiar with, ripping on a harmonica, and then Bella Fleck obviously playing a banjo and playing it probably better than just about anyone does these days. It's it's so ambitious you can't help but be sucked in like the notion of how absurd and how how this should not exist but it does should be reason enough to listen to it mm-hmm. uh let's talk about some key tracks you know, this is a this is a crazy album with a lot of songs that uh with a lot of crazy sounds but brett well, let's talk about some key tracks let's narrow things down what are the key tracks that catch your attention or that define I mean, this, this album this album this album does have a lot of songs um and that are great for putting on in the background you know if this is you know npr bumper music fair but i think this album shines its brightest uh when when it is doing like hard jam tracks uh hurricane camille um is it is a fleck tones twist on a hot jazz tune um, the the bass line and the piano intermix and it, it's it's just a an awesome song. Um, Flipper, uh, this is what happens when four guys come together that are like at the pinnacle of their instruments, um, and they just go together. I mean, it, it's it, they there's no real nobody's like slacking off on that track. Um, and then probably the 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 most famous and most used by NPR is bumper music. Uh, the Sinister Minister, uh, the from the opening bass flourish to the scraping of the Guiro, Uh This is probably uh, a song that speaks for itself. Um, you know, there are tons of tracks on this album. Some of them go long. Some of them have runs on them. That it's hard for like an untrained ear to follow everything that they're doing. But uh, at, at the real essence of this album, you can find some grooves that they really dug into. And the sinister minister is probably, uh, you know, it's a Grammy-winning song. I mean, it's this. This is a, a a fantastic album for like growing with music. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> that particular track, for sure. Uh, Drew, what were the tracks that caught your attention? What were your favorite songs on this album? All right, record breakers tradition. We're gonna bust in the zebras all real quick. Um, the album starts out 
sort of tricking you, I feel. Um, it starts out, and the banjo sounds, while really well played, really intricate, sounds like you're almost getting into a bluegrass album. That's what the banjo sort of lulls you into. And then things start hitting and things start moving. Um, a minute in, you start to get hints that this is not your father's bluegrass by any stretch of the imagination. Then the bass solo at two minutes hit. And, um, well, yeah, that's that's sort of the sign of the rest of the album for me. Um, you better buckle up. It's going to be a ride and it's going to be crazy from start to finish, which I love. Um, I'm going to jump to Mars Needs Women. Uh, Space is a lonely place. Um, something about that song reminded me of why this style of jazz music is something I really dig and I really love. Um, there's no words. It's nothing but the music. But that music conveys so much feeling through it that you don't need it. Like it's there's there's so much complexity in there and there's so much emotion there that you can just tell by the tone almost where the lyrics would take you anyways without even having to know the lyrics, which I really love. And then we're going to go back and we're going to talk about Sinister Minister because come the hell on. Um, Victor Wooten on this track, just in my opinion, um, was awesome. Um, I could, I could talk about Wooten up and down. It could be an entire half hour show of me talking about why Victor Wooten's awesome. Um, but like, to me, what this song was, was them taking Victor style into the whole song, into the banjo playing um, the drums, like it takes the style. And that's what's cool to me about bass as an instrument is that, yes, there's intricacies, but a lot of the intricacies come into how you do it. There's a lot of personal style and flourishes that you can do on a bass. And that's where the best bassists, you kind of can tell their groove before they even start. Right. Um, and that's what you get with this. You get the groove. It effortlessly. If I could get words, I, I, this is how excited I am. I'm foaming at the mouth. Um, the groove effortlessly goes into and out of these crazy slap licks that Victor Wooten's known for. Um, and you have Bella fucking the, like right there following along on banjo. Like that to me is just cool. There's something awesome about that. I mean, you get to the solo and it refuses to let you go. There's just something about that song that was just so much fun. Um, and that's one of the songs that like it's in it's in a mix of like, this is why I love bass guitar. Sinister Minister is right there on the list. Um mm-hmm. very high on the list. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh certainly. Uh, Patrick, what are some of the key tracks that caught your attention? Um, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. Uh, so the first three songs are fine. The first one that like makes me, if I'm listening to this, like I listen to it a lot at work. The first one that makes me like pick up my head and have to really pay attention is half moon Bay. And the melody really, really worked. There's some moments in it where it kind of works a little bit off time, but it resolves really nicely. And it's one where the harmonica really, really gets to shine, which I I just looking through things on this album, more than one person said, uh, 
in a lot of ways, Howard Levi stole the sh- stole this record just by by playing bitch and harmonica licks. I I so full confession of, of my musical past. I grew up being an enormous Aerosmith fan uh, in my youth. And Steven Tyler was known to pick up a harmonica and he was OK at it. But Jesus Christ, I did not know a harmonica could do all of this like that. The, this level of playing blew my mind. Um, another song I really liked the the last track on the record. Tell it to the governor um, was kind of like the the uh, like we're just going to let loose for for a couple more minutes because it's the end of the record. And it really was fun. And obviously, Sinister Minister, that song is perfect. It's so good. It's so enjoyable. Vic Wooten gets solo, which um, if you want to go on YouTube and see a killer bass solo, you can see Vic Wooten in a really, really hysterically bad shirt playing a bass solo to that. Um, and and also, like, it, it just it, it you you t- you call a song the Sinister Minister and it better sound kind of Creepsville. And that song totally sounds Creepsville. It's so good. Um, there's this sort of part, you know, three quarters of the way through the song where the bass and the banjo sync up. And the notion of of two completely different stringed instruments being that tightly woven together, especially given the way Vic Wooten can play bass and sort of unlike almost anyone else, the way they sync up works just perfectly. And uh, honorable mention to uh, to uh, Mars Need or what is it? Ma- Mars Needs Women. Uh, they're here, which is the second half of the song. Drew really liked. Almost at the beginning, sounds like a prog rock song, and therefore I liked it. It kind of prog rocked and then got jazzy and then got prog rock again, and it just it was a fun little song towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm so, I'm I'm wondering if uh, Sinister Minister has anything to do with uh, James Mitchell. We would like to believe so. Yes, as as wrestling fans. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah. Overall, let's go back around the horn to uh, have some conclusions about this record. Uh, Drew, overall, what are your conclusive thoughts about this album? If you want to get deeper into jazz, um, I brought a record a while back, uh, "The Reign of Kindo," that I sort of described as like the starter jazz it was easy enough for most people to get into but it was jazzy enough that it had that back end and the jazz folks could dig the groove um if you listen to that album and you were like maybe i want to listen to some more more jazz listen to something really complex and crazy this this is a good place to start in my opinion um you can't really go wrong with uh, Balafleck and the Wooten brothers. Um, it's just, yeah. if you want to listen to some jazz, go for it. If you like bluegrass, but you also like complex music, also listen to this. Um, something that might be able to get you in the jazz that way. It's something that I think is just a really good record by a really good band. That's okay. just what it is. Yeah. Patrick, what are your conclusive thoughts about the album overall? Uh, so I, sometimes I consider myself to be a jaded music nerd. Like I've I've heard a lot of music in my day, and especially because of this podcast, I've been exposed to even more. This is like fucking candy to a jaded music nerd. This is something 
different, unique, but familiar enough that you can really enjoy it. If you enjoy little bits of jazz, this is a really, really good record. I think if you enjoy bluegrass, you'll probably dig the shit out of this because it is just sort of I feel like Bella Fleck's whole attitude is is that like banjo and sort of the whole bluegrass vibe deserves a little more respect than it probably got before him. And and this album just shows if you really truly know how to play an instrument and, and you take something like jazz, sort of a, a genre that that uh, kind of exemplifies the the talented, you know, really, really competent player. It, you really see just how capable it is and and how capable he is as a as a musician. Um, there's there's something for everyone to love here. It's enjoyable. I liked it way more than I thought I would. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to hate it, but it's enjoyable. And and Future Man, just mm-hmm. crazy guy making drum kits that look like guitars and Vic Wooten and a guy with a with a harmonica who I didn't know you could play jazz harmonica. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Jazz harmonica. Be a jazz harmonica player. You can be that when you grow up, yes. theoretically, if you're really talented. Yes, we've learned things. You can be a jazz harmonica uh, player. Uh, and also capable sounds like okay Google. Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, at least to certain <laughs> phones uh, the two of us share. Uh, that being said, yeah, this is an album that goes a lot of fun places and does a lot of cool things and with a lot of fun- funky, well, not funky literally, but cool and uh, crazy instruments. And Can we um, just say I now want a Bella Fleck funk record? <laughs> I want to hear the funky banjo. The funky banjo, uh, it just goes a lot of cool, a lot of great places and does a lot of cool things, and it's just a fantastic record. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts about the album overall? Well, this this album facilitated a lot of things. Um, Bela Fleck has done. Uh, he he had a project with a a, a string quartet. Um, he did. He has a classical music album. If you ever wanted to hear a banjo play uh, Bach. Uh, or Beethoven, you can find that. Um, it it uh, made a lot of really, really great live shows. If you ever get a chance, if you call yourself a music fan and Bela Fleck comes to town, whether like with his wife who also plays banjo uh, uh, or with the Fleck tones or, you know, just anything like he does festivals. He's like just he's a working musician. This is his bread and butter. Um, if you can see him, find him. Vic Wooten, he's in music stores all around the country doing uh <laughs> doing like demos of gear doing uh you know you can see that guy you can reach out shake his hand um you know if you call yourself a a music fan you need to have at least a foundation that has some background that includes one or two of these men why not start with this album this is easy it'll lead you down a path it, you'll find out what you like you can follow that path to where you want to go with, you know, and, uh, you know, you'll be better off for it. It might inspire you to do something funky like, you know, play Gershwin on a harmonica or, you know, the <laughs> jazz banjo. Yes. Uh, that's that's something that's really cool to note, I think, about the jazz scene in general. Um, I, I have I have talked at great length about guys like Victor Wooten and you have drummers that like flip over like Tommy Igo or something. And those guys are very easily reachable. If you're a musician and you start getting into jazz and you start loving jazz, 
guess what? Those guys aren't far because there's not a lot of us out there. <laughs> like you will go to a show and there will be 20 people who really love music and you will be able to say, Hey, I want to talk to that guy. And you know what you'll be able to do? Talk to that guy. <laughs> they will That's sign your cool. album. They will talk to you, shake your hand. Thank you for showing up. Uh, you know, a, a little anecdote is I, I saw uh, the Flectones play the, the weekend after Earl Scruggs died. And even as emotional as Bela Fleck was doing a little, little special thing for that, uh, he still showed up afterwards, you know, wiped the tears, came out and shook people's hands. You know, it, it's it, real musicians of that level don't normally have the the ability to stand out in, at the edge of the the assembly hall and uh shake people's hands so it, it's it's nice yeah uh and yeah that's our thoughts on this album overall we tell you to go listen to it just just go listen to it but before you do that you're gonna listen to our haikus <laughs> I, I i i didn't mean that as a threat i meant that as a promise i it's you know it's it's fun you can just, all right. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Uh, who do we start with? Let's start with Patrick. What is your haiku? A peculiar blend of bluegrass and modern jazz. A lot to like here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go second. Complex, crazy jazz. Bunch of cool stuff happening. All of it awesome. Drew. What is your haiku? Beautiful jazz groove from some great musicians. Go listen to it. <laughs> and Brett, what is your haiku? Uh, an amazing sound from four of the best ever. Hope they stick around. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the thoughts that we all share. Uh that's it for, for another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. Another album reviewed. Another episode in the can. Uh, you can, of course, follow along at home uh, by listening to the Spotify playlist. Uh, we will curate that for you. Uh, it should be This should be there as well. And also on that Spotify playlist will be next week's record uh, provided by none other than Drew. Drew, what do you got for us next week? Uh, I got an album that's about as uh, poppy as you can get without being pure bread pop. It is super bubblegum. Um, it's got a pop punk edge to it. I believe their band members even refer to it as spunk rock. Um, their own little moniker. It's a band from Philly by the name of Zoloft the Rock and Roll Destroyer. I'm going to listen to a little bit of Jalopy Go Far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will do that next time we join you. But that is next time. And this is this time. Uh, of course, you can find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at Hibbity Bibbert, H I B B I T Y B I B B A R D. Drew is at Extrusive X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Four Record Breakers as the number four record breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com, recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com. Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV, the YouTube page. Uh, you can subscribe to there uh, for not just the podcast episode, but I, I do endeavor to create create more content for that YouTube page. Uh, but that being said, 
subscribe, like, share, do all the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Spunk rock. <laughs> Toodaloo. What he what he said. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>